welcome into I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting, the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want to read? Man, Welcome in to the latest episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. As always, your better half, JT, right here. Other guy on the other end is Tom Sims. Tom, I would ask you how your weekend went, but I know full well how it went because me and you hung out. <laughs> we don't do it enough, my friend. No. And, uh, you know, the better half comment, that's debatable. Yeah, well, potato, potato. Whatever. Uh, I mean, and that's the thing. There's really not a lot. To, you and I have we're, we're caught up, bro. Um, so I'm going to turn the commentary, and I have a feeling we're going to go long <laughs> as we always do. So let's jump right into commentary. And uh, you've got it this week, so lay it on me, man. What, what's on your mind? Well, first off, and it, I'm going to I'm going to uh, diverge a little bit after I talk about this. But first off, we were a mere a mere two points from being ranked number one this week. Did you see that? I I heard that, yes. Two points. That would have kept our 12-year streak alive. We had mentioned it earlier uh, this season in our podcast that Clemson was likely going to have to lose, but it was such a long shot for them losing that we would end up having to win it all to be able to uh, maintain our 12-year streak. That's... That's a daunting task. I mean, obviously we haven't won it two years in a row, so it's it's not a given. Yeah. But I would have loved to have got over that two point hump there for the number one ranking, but we didn't didn't quite do it. And this week we don't play. It's unlikely that we'll jump unless uh, unless Clemson loses. But and I know we'll get into that game later. But uh, speaking of though the how the week went and that sort of thing, and particular with uh, Trevor Lawrence not playing, did you see that Mac Jones now is the favorite yeah, for the Heisman I saw Trophy? That. I saw that. Well-deserved. Now, I'm going to – it is well-deserved. Now, I'm going to break that down a little bit. Mac Jones has been sneaky good, and – I'm gonna make a proclamation here in a minute, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna mention these teams first. You've got in the SEC you have the top five defenses in this order Georgia, Mississippi State, Kentucky, Texas AM, and Alabama. Those are the five. Mm-hmm. We have played three out of the top four. Georgia Matt went 417 and four touchdowns. Mississippi State, Matt went 291, four touchdowns. <laughs> Texas A&M, Matt went 435, four touchdowns. All double-digit blowout wins. He only has Kentucky left. He will play them here in, well, the week after LSU, I mm-hmm. believe. I think so. So, unless you think Kentucky – is going to derail Mac Jones' Heisman chances because we're going to have – we go to LSU, home to Kentucky, home to Auburn, and at Arkansas. 
I'm thinking we're likely a minimum of 17 point favorites over each of those games left. Would you say that's fair? Ooh, even 17 over Auburn. I think so. Ooh, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna differ there, but yeah, I mean it, it'll be interesting to see LSU is uh, that line is gonna look really weird after last year. Kentucky, we we should be yeah. I mean that's a safe at least average 17. I would say. Okay, so here's my proclamation. If Florida, and we'll break down this game later, if Florida beats Georgia this weekend, Mac Jones wins the Heisman. And the reason I say that is the teams left on Alabama's schedule, LSU, Kentucky, Auburn, and Arkansas, only Kentucky is is in the upper half of the SEC defenses. Mm -hmm. And... If you're going to go out there and throw for 300-plus and three-plus touchdowns per game from here on out, and your only real stumble, and this is what got Tua, you know, Tua, Tua did everything that he was supposed to do and then got in that championship game against a, a stout Georgia defense and whatnot, got hurt in the game, obviously. Mm-hmm. But still, he had to go in there against a – Highly rated top defense. If Florida beats Georgia this weekend, Florida's ranked 10th, I eighth, think, in the conference and defense. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Are sorry. they 8th? No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 8th eight, eight overall. But, yeah, 10th. Okay. I'm, shouldn't have, I should not have interrupted. Continue. But, but nonetheless, point, the point, point stands is that he will avoid, Mac Jones will avoid any top-tier defenses after the Kentucky game in two weeks. Or yeah, three weeks, yeah. actually, LSU, too. So, I, I'm going out on a limb saying that uh, if Florida will beat Georgia, Mac will actually bring home the Heisman Trophy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree at all. It's a, it's a great point. And, and I think it. I think he can do it with Georgia or Florida, but I'm like you. It, it is going to be much tougher against Georgia this time around. They will have seen him one time, and we will not be with, uh, you know, with, with Jalen Waddell. We'll be without him. And, you know, who knows, maybe maybe they catch lightning in the bottle and they actually beat us. I, I do think, you know, Peyton Manning was absolutely cheated out of a Heisman, but he was they, – they wanted him to beat Florida. He came back for his senior year to win a national title, but he came back to beat Florida and he got trounced. And, um, and I think Tua, you know, but Danny Connell railed on Tua forever and – I don't know how the voting would have gone if Tua would have uh, – I, I really think if Tua would have um, – if we'd have beaten Georgia the same way and Tua – you remember how we beat him? Jalen runs a, a quarterback draw for about probably 18 to 20 yards and scores the ultimate game-winning touchdown. I think if Tua's healthy, Tua does that, I, I believe he edges out Kyler Murray. But, yeah, they're definitely going to make – you know, Mac, Mac has three tests. He hit, They're going to make him beat LSU because that uh, that's who beat us last year which that should not be a problem. They're going to make us beat Auburn because that is, uh, you know, he, he that was, you know, his Achilles heel last year, two pick sixes, and then they're going to make him win the SEC title game. And if his numbers hold up, I mean, it, it's, it's basically he's going to kind of be like Burrow last year. Let's just get on cruise control because Trevor missing two games, that should knock him out unless he just absolutely goes nuts. Um, you know, six touchdowns, five games in a row, well, how many ever games he has left. Yeah. But uh, I don't – he shouldn't do that because Dabo, uh, you know, Clemson is going to 
be so far ahead of everybody, he's not going to be able to rack up those numbers. Where Mac might have to, and you that, know, Mac might have to play a little bit more against Auburn because they look better this week on offense, and and definitely going to have to play against Florida the full time because they're they are really good on offense. But I, it's it's a good point you make, and I think if he wins those three and has a, a average to above average numbers, he's going to be tough to beat, and, and it's going to give us the Heisman that Tua deserved. That that's right, and and that was that was also sort of my point was that. I don't say this if Mac is currently in third place. Mm-hmm. You know, he he's he's the leader now. And typically in the Heisman Trophy race, the leaders stumble to allow other people to it, it sometimes people overshadow and they just they just can't be stopped. The, even though the leader is doing well, somebody else just comes out of nowhere and just just has incredible numbers and you can't deny them. Yeah. But a lot of times it's a stumble, uh, whether it's like you said losing a game uh, to to your big rival or having a, a a terrible outing against somebody and you lose one that you're not supposed to lose, or missing time. Yeah. You know yeah. injury. That's what got two or two last year. You know he didn't really lose one. He just he just got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, and so. Barring those unusual circumstances, he has the lead, and so there's not a huge stumbling block in front of him if Florida beats Georgia. Yeah, so, we'll, we'll good see. Point. Good point. I like your commentary. It's, it takes the pressure off me, and you've had two good, uh, two good outings. Uh, a little bit better than your bets have been going. So kudos. Uh, let's get into our winners yeah, and losers. Uh, I'm going to lead off with the winners, and we'll do like we always do. We'll just name the winners, and we'll talk about them kind of in uh, and just general commentary. Then we'll go on to losers. But the winners are Bama, Auburn, and then we just put a, a big a big uh, one, one line item of Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. And uh, Bama, you know, you might be thinking, well, why are they still in the win column? Because if a team loses, you know, X amount of games, you, you, you take them out of the loser column. Well, I mean, it's just – it's a weird year, and we're playing all conference games. And, and to me, if you win, you stay in. And, um, you know, we we lost – and one of the main reasons I'm going to leave – Plus, this is a Bama podcast. Yeah, well, that's true, too. But uh, <laughs> what, another reason, too, is if you remember, and we've touched on this before, um, you know, we lost Jalen – we lost Tua last year. And I looked at the box score of that game. I wanted to see what the score was. That game ended 38-7. to Bama over Mississippi State. That's when Tua got hurt. We were up 35-7 to at half. I think the last touchdown in the half was Mac Jones uh, that, that put us from 28-35. to But the bottom line is, uh, we, it was just how quickly can we eat the clock and get back to Tuscaloosa and lick our wounds because our, we had lost our leader. Uh, and understandably so, you know. But losing, you know, like Saban said, we've lost the most popular kid on the team two straight years. Not He didn't necessarily say the best. He said the most popular kid. And uh, that shows you the kind of leader that Waddle was. And what have we done since losing Waddle? We have smoked two teams. So this team, and no knock on last year's team, they're a great team. But, you know, I think we're a little bit more mature this year, apparently. Some, something's different because we're showing toughness from a standpoint of it's next man up, and we truly believe that. And, you know, Slade Bolden has been very impressive. Uh, he, I rewatched the game out of necessity. <laughs> and uh, he had a good, he had a really good punt return. He, he's, not, he's not Waddle. I mean, nobody expected him to be Waddle. Nobody was David Palmer the year after he left. Heck, nobody was Javier Arenas the year after he left. 
And uh, but you know, Slade is is uh, apparently has good hands because Saban trusts him, and you know, Saban just does not throw anybody back there on punt return or kickoff return. And uh, I, I think if we stay healthy, we are still. Yeah, we're we're down we're down a man, but man, we are we're still very very salty on offense. No doubt, and as far as Javier goes, there still hasn't been another Javier. That, that guy. Every time I mention his name or hear his name mentioned, I'm like, man, I miss that he was fellow. Good. He was a great tackler. Um, but but you're right, and and I thought about that. Last week, when we were breaking down the game, uh, that I didn't mention Slade Bolden. He had a great game last week. He had the fluke fumble, but he stepped up again, and it's been pretty impressive for him to step in. And you know what's even more impressive is that he has stepped in not just to be another man on the field. Mac looks mm-hmm. for him. You know, he's 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 getting open. He's getting the ball when he's supposed to get the ball. He's taking pressure off Devontae, obviously. Uh, so he has to be accounted for, for sure. And I know it was Mississippi State, but a shutout's a shutout. Absolutely. And that's a, that's a huge thing. I mean, Mike Leach had not been shut out in his career. And I found it really interesting that Saban said, I don't know if it was immediately post-game or his weekly press conference or whatnot, but Saban said after the game that they had actually practiced some in the summer or schemed some in the summer, however he, he put that, against the Mike Leach offense. He was he was fearful that it was going to be something that come up here and the guys had never seen before, and they were going to be caught off guard and out of position and whatnot. And and they actually schemed for it back in the summer. I mean, nobody expected Mississippi State to be a even in the top half of the SEC. But that that shows you how much particulars and care and and knowledge of the game that Saban brings and and preps for these teams. And that, I thought that was impressive when he said that. Yeah, so, yeah for sure. And I mean, yeah. I'm sure uh, I'm sure after week one when uh, he beat LSU, which is that a big accomplishment anymore? We'll get to that in a second. Uh, I'm sure yeah, he was – Yeah, then, I, I bet he's like, man, yeah, I knew what I was doing this summer. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> but speaking of LSU, we'll talk about we'll talk about them in the loser's bracket briefly because there are three losses. They're, they're, about, they're about finished being mentioned here. But we'll talk about them since they played our uh, our cross state rival Auburn. Auburn looked good. I mean, it's a big win, but man, LSU have just they have just thrown in the towel. I mean, you know, to me, I, I was I, I kind of equate them to the two thousand three Alabama team. We had some good kids on that team. Um, was Pro Throw a freshman that year? Possibly. But the main ones I'm talking about, we had Justin Smiley and Wesley Britt, and well, Britt turned out just to be a very good uh, college player. Justin Smiley played in the league, I don't know, eight, ten years. And we had a good collection of kids. We, we probably had a good start in 22. 
but we had no direct. It was Shula's first year. He was in over his head. We had no direction, and that's kind of what LSU is right now. I mean, Stingley Jr. will be the first cornerback off the board next year, not 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 2021, 2022. He's a, a sophomore and would be the first defensive back taken in the draft if he was draft eligible this year. And but he's he's playing horribly because he's poorly coached or or there's no motivation. I don't know what the story is, but uh, but I'm you know we're going to talk about Auburn here, and I'm not going to take anything away from that win. You know, Tank Bigsby is looking as good as ever. Seth Williams is one of the best receivers in the conference. I mean, he's just a, he's a man out there. I, and good thing is when we play him, I think we have men at, at our cornerback and safety positions. But if you don't have men at your cornerback and safety positions, he will he will make you – it looks like an eighth grader against a sixth grader when you go out for, you know, middle school football. And uh, Bo does just enough to win. You know, I can't stand the guy. He's cocky. He's a whiny baby. and But he is he's, – he's a gamer, and he causes enough problems. Of course, when the other team throws in the towel, which I feel like LSU did, it's not hard to rack up 48 points. No, and I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat it. LSU's a bad team. Auburn absolutely played well. I mean, they stepped up. They they got a big win. And I'm not going to take anything away from it because if, if we go to LSU next week and win by the same margin, I'm going to be thrilled. If we win by 15 less points than they beat them by, I will still be mm-hmm. thrilled. That's a 20-point win. I mean, they beat them by 37 this weekend. So, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good outing. They have, uh, like a lot of teams, caught LSU at just the right time. But this is the revenge tour for everybody in the SEC. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Nobody, is, nobody feels bad about <laughs> hammering LSU this <laughs> no. year. Uh, but uh, Auburn... Definitely, you know, they, they, uh, two wins in a row, Ole Miss, that was not a weak win. I thought they were going to lose that game, and they, they won it by seven, but uh, that was good. LSU, they, they took care of business. They're going to have, you know, a, a weak Mississippi State team coming up, uh, probably a good seven-point favorite over Tennessee coming up. Looks like they're going to be six and two going to the Alabama game. I never would have thought that after the loss to Georgia, and then South no, Carolina. I, and that's what I I posted today on the chit chat board. I'm like six and two, and a chance to ruin Bama's season in the Iron Bowl. And we never played good in those games, but thank goodness it's at Bryant Denny, and we're we're a better team than them uh, from top to bottom. We're a better team, even if they get KJ Britt back. Uh, we're a better team, and we didn't really even mention either one of us did. Our defense looked better, like you said. It is Mississippi State, so let's don't let's don't uh, start crowning ourselves yet. But if you can shut a team out in this day and age of, of the way football is played, it's it's a good it's good. And um, Fedarian Mathis, uh, somebody somebody tweeted out. They said he's going as Quentin Williams for Halloween this year. He had a great game, and uh, <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good tweet. Speaking of Quentin, did you see that Tide oh, commercial? Fantastic! Only thing that sucks is Peyton Manning's <laughs> it <was> awesome. in it. <laughs> you know, it's like Peyton Manning is the quarterback that is probably most hated by Bama fans, him or Cam Newton. And but but Peyton Manning is the number one quarterback that I'd like to have a beer with. I mean, he seems so cool. You know, uh, yeah, I, he does. There, there's some there's some players from other teams that I feel like uh, are very personable, particularly. 
in a TV setting. Peyton Manning is one. Shaquille O'Neal is another one. Charles Barkley. All three of those. Put me in the room with all three of those oh, guys. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll go to the last four winners. We just got them lumped together. Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. Okay, listen to those four teams. Ohio State, Clemson, Notre Dame, Cincinnati. I'm going to say that, th- though, that three of those four teams are going to uh, represent the college football playoff makeup. So a little teaser for later on in the podcast. Uh, the reason that the reason that Clemson gets in is they won a ball game uh, with their backup quarterback, and that's not always easy to do. Now, I do feel like that um, I do feel like the media is really pumping them up. And I just feel like, and I tweeted this out: who who does Boston College compare to in the SEC? Maybe Kentucky or um, uh, South Carolina. Carolina you know, so. And, and the game was at home, and I just feel like that if Bama had the same thing happen and Bryce Young led us to a six-point victory, I just don't feel like that the media would be, uh, you know, giving us the old reach around and congratulating us. So, uh, But, hey, good good for them. Notre Dame has looked impressive. Who have they played? We don't know yet. Cincinnati, who Tom apparently hates because he bashed them two podcasts ago. I mean, they're st- they won their best game. They won their toughest game they're going to play. They beat Memphis and beat them handily. And then Ohio State, I mean, they they are in. Barring a disaster, they are in. They can probably even afford the uh, the mulligan that I think Clemson and Bama has. Yeah, it's true. Ohio State, they, as I suspected, would struggle a little bit with Penn State after Penn <clears throat> State uh, lost to – was it Indiana, Indiana last yeah, week? Indiana. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not I'm not crowning Ohio State yet, but they they are absolutely the the cream of the crop out there. But they have lost some games they shouldn't have lost several years now, and I'm not I'm not going to put them through just yet. But they're 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 good. Clemson, like you said, hey, anytime you can win without your Heisman Trophy candidate, that's great. I do think that Boston College is uh, not the team that you want to say, hey, we won anyway. You know they should they should have handled yeah, Boston yeah. College. They have ETN. I, they should have just pounded. Well, let's let's put it this way. It wasn't Clemson's offense. Well, one of them was. It wasn't Clemson's offense that that allowed Boston College to jump out to eighteen point mm-hmm. lead. Uh, the defense, the defense has to play regardless, and that's that's the thing. If if you play defense the way Clemson is supposed to play defense, you shouldn't have no problem with that game. Yeah, no. Now, there's probably some kind of mental toll there or something that that has an effect. I'm not going to get in the psychology of the game because, frankly, I don't care. <laughs> uh, Cincinnati, yeah, okay. Notre Dame, we're, I'm going to talk more about Notre Dame in the game of the week because they're coming up with Clemson, uh, but – yeah, they've uh, they've done what they had to do so far to get to this Clemson game. That's really what it amounts yeah. to. Notre Dame needed to be undefeated, get to Clemson. They have done that, and we'll break that down yeah. in a minute. All right, losers quickly. Um, Big 12, Michigan slash Big 10, LSU, Mississippi State. I'll let you lead us off here. 
Big 12, that's huge, 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 huge. Oklahoma State loses to Texas. We were sitting there watching that game. I can't believe we were rooting for Texas of all oh, teams, no. but we were. Uh, they're done. Yeah, you oh, know, yeah. stick a, stick a <clears throat> fork at them. They're 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 out. Oklahoma State can run the table the rest of the way, and it's not going to matter. You're not going to put a one loss Oklahoma State team in in, in the Big Twelve champ or in the uh, playoff. Oklahoma. And Texas both have kind of slid back up into the top fifteen, but they both have two losses. That that's a that's a done conference, and I couldn't be happier. Yeah, I was tired of seeing them get beat up every week in the in the college football playoff anyway, and I love it. Like I was telling you Saturday, I love any time we can give Bama a little extra cushion. And that's what happened Saturday. Oklahoma State losing, Big 12 got knocked out. That's extra cushion for yeah. Bama. And I, I'm like you. I don't know that Oklahoma State, as a one-loss Big uh, 12 champion, gets in over 9-1 Texas A&M that is, uh, you know, their only losses to Alabama. And, and, of course, A&M's got a, a you know, tough road ahead of them as well. But it can, it can. Ha- I would say they've got a goodest chance of being 9-1 as Oklahoma State does of running the table and winning the Big 12. Uh, and the, I, I added Michigan big time. I mean, Michigan just, you know, such a great win, what what appeared to be a great win at Minnesota the week before. And um, with them losing to Michigan State, 24-point favorites, by the way, uh, They what they did is they got the Big Ten down to a one-bid league. Uh, it's, it's Ohio State or bust. And the thing is – and that, that's, another, again, to, to echo your point, another uh, – uh, another, uh, what word am I looking for? Uh, Chip and Bama's purse or whatever. It's a terrible analogy. <laughs> Another crown in our perfect. Yeah, I knew that's what you guys run right on the tip that of my tongue. That was perfect. This this happens. You ought to you ought to hear some of my analogies on live radio on sports with JT. <laughs> but, uh, Chip and Chip Bama's and purse. purse. I love it. <laughs> but anyway. Um, you know, there was a possibility that Michigan undefeated plays Ohio State undefeated. I don't know how the Big Ten are doing their uh, their championship game this year, if they're doing what the ACC is doing or if they're doing the normal divisions. But, you know, there was, there was a decent shot that if they split and um, kind of like Clemson-Notre Dame, that they could, uh, you know, both get in. And now that's that's done. I mean, either Michigan beats Ohio State and, and, and knocks Ohio State out. Anyway, they're, they're down to one-bid league, and that's big. It, it is, unless Indiana runs the table, like I said last week, that was the new favorite after they beat Penn State. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin is a top-10 team, but now they're at without their uh, quarterback for a solid, what, two or three games, whatever it may be. There's like uh, 12, 12 positives over there in the Wisconsin yeah, program. Yeah, it's not pretty. So, uh, it, you know, they've, they've already canceled the Nebraska game. They'll be playing this upcoming week, I guess. Uh, but they're without their quarterback for, and again, I don't know where the 21 days is yeah, going to land. Either. And I don't know that they've even announced the players. I think it was just a, a pretty widespread knowledge that the quarterback, Graham Mertz, was out. And his backup, I think. Yeah, so yeah. I, I've kind of diverged there from Michigan to the Big Ten. But, yeah, you're right. I mean – Wisconsin may only end up with a. They were already only playing a what, an eight Something game like schedule? That, yeah. So Wisconsin may only play five games yeah. here. 
with the outbreak. Uh, so yeah, one one bid league. Um, again, I'm still not sold in Ohio State. Indiana is probably going to beat them <laughs> uh, if they play. Uh, but but yeah, that, uh, another another good chip in the chip purse in the for purse. sure. That will be used for years <laughs> to come, my friends. Tune in. Might even break that out on a uh, sports of JT. We're taking a break tomorrow. I gotta have a bye week, dude. Anyway, last loser. Uh, I got it just clumped together. LSU, Mississippi State. Just two disasters of programs right now. Mississippi State losing players by the day to the transfer portal. Uh, because they're not buying into what Leach is selling, and I, you know, I don't know, I don't know who's right. I just know that anytime you have coaching turnover, you know, Saban ran players off, Jeremy Pruitt ran players off, uh, Gus Malzahn, I'm sure ran players off. It happens. It just uh, it sucks when it's some of your best players, and like Kylan Hill is going to be, a, I'd say, a top three round pick in the NFL draft, and then uh, LSU, you know, I think they quit Saturday. It'll be interesting to see what they, they do to Bama because ultimately we're Bama and they want to beat us. But if we do what we're supposed to do, let's say we get up 14 nothing, how much fire are they going to have left in the belly? Yeah, for sure. And I thought we weren't talking about LSU as irrelevant until we actually play Bama. But still, agreed. And, and you know, on, on a side note of that, we mentioned this Saturday, you kind of – told me about it because i didn't follow recruiting as much as you did in the uh in the thing but the five-star commitment how do you pull a five i know he's from louisiana but if you if you're seriously considering lsu and alabama how do you choose lsu at this point I, early playing time maybe? i don't know i mean uh, it, it was a it was shocking. a shocker i mean i couldn't believe i kept waiting for the updates and i finally text daryl and he's like yeah he committed to lsu I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, I guess he played us, but, you know, whatever. Hey, good luck down there. I mean, you'll get to see us for three or four years, and, you know, if history holds, you won't be beating us any of those years, so we'll see. But, all right, well, that wraps up uh, our losers, so let's get into games of the week. And we're, we have two games this week. I, I had to mention the cocktail party. It is a top ten matchup in the SEC, the conference we cover. But I feel like Clemson-Notre Dame has to be mentioned as well. Uh, let's start with Clemson Notre Dame. That's a you know it's five point. Uh, it's a five point line. I am going to go out on a limb and say the wrong team is favored. Um, Trevor is out. True freshman quarterback in. He's looked good. As a guy on uh, on Facebook, friend of mine, he's like, well, you know, DJ looking good. You know, if you're worried about when Trevor leaves, we got DJ. And I said, yeah, and I literally couldn't remember the guy's name. I said, yeah, who was the uh, the quarterback after Deshaun that y'all had crowned? And uh, he ended up transferring to Missouri. I said, asking for a friend. In other words, that's a snarky. For those of y'all don't know, that's snarkiness on Facebook. And he said <laughs> Kelly Bryant, and and he you know he had he had an excuse of Kelly Bryant. I don't remember what it was, but my point was, come on, bro, it's one game. It's Boston College. Uh, yes, he looks good. He's a five star kid. But let's don't kid ourselves that he's the next Trevor Lawrence, and that is why I'm going to lean Notre Dame here because I think they're they're ta- they're going to be more talented than Boston College, and I think they're going to do enough to confuse him. They're going to have the luck of the Irish. The only thing that su- that surprises me about Trevor Lawrence missing this game is that Clemson is not scheduled to play Auburn this week. That is the only thing that surprises me. <laughs> so I'm leaning Notre Dame. That's that's the way, and that's my really only breakdown. I think Ian Book can do enough on with his feet and with his arm. Uh, but I think it's going to hinge on, uh, you know, Clemson's defense, like you mentioned, is not as good as it has been in the past. They're still solid, but they're not the the game breakers that they had. They don't have as many chips in the purse as they had two last year and two years ago. <laughs> and uh, and it's showing. So I'm going to lean Notre Dame uh, on, in a squeaker. 
do you know what I found humorous today? I was looking uh, through the teams, and I was on the ESPN site, and I was like, well, let me let me look at Notre Dame here. And I started looking. I was like, Notre Dame ain't listed. Where's Notre Dame? They have them plugged squarely in the ACC column now. So uh, I'm sure the Notre Dame guys will be happy to hear that. They are no longer an independent. They are part of the ACC. <laughs> um. All right, so I'm completely opposite of you. I think uh, I think Clemson had their quarterback this week, starting for the first time, and they tried to get him some experience. They probably didn't think they needed him as much as they did. They were probably running some stuff that maybe they ordinarily wouldn't run just to try to get him up to speed, and they found themselves in a dogfight. And that all kind of happened in the first half, and then they clamped down and and outscored them what twenty one nothing in the mm. second half. Defense, offense, everything was clicking. So, uh, when I was looking at Notre Dame, I discovered something. Notre Dame's opponent so far this year. Notre Dame is a cool six and zero coming into this game. Their opponents' records are as follows. Two and five, one and five, two and four, two and five, three and four, and two and five. Mm. They have yet to play a team with a winning record, and they've been on the ropes with two of those two and five teams. Completely on the ropes. They were up 17 to 13 in the fourth quarter over Duke, a two and five team, in the first game of the year. And of course, three games ago, they had the squeaker twelve to seven game versus two and five Louisville. <laughs> uh, Florida State's one of the better teams. They played at two and four because they didn't have that uh, seventh game yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> so. I guess the point that I'm <clears throat> making is that Notre Dame has not faced any team of any caliber close to what Clemson has. I don't care if you pull the starting quarterback off the field or not. ETN and that five-star freshman are going to do whatever they want. And if I was picking teams outside of the SEC, this would definitely be on my list. Clemson wins big this weekend. You heard it here first. Uh, I, I hope you're wrong, and I will explain why later. Um the other game we've got is Cocktail Party that is uh, minus five by – Georgia's favored by five. And uh, I'm going to say wrong team favored again in this one. Uh, Georgia looked very disinterested against Kentucky this weekend. I, luckily, I took the over. The over-under was 43. I took the over, and it ended 14-3. to three. <laughs> And I don't know that I've seen a game go faster. Georgia's just look like – you know, George Pickens didn't their, – their all-conference wide receiver didn't make the – didn't travel – you know, was it COVID? Was it discipline? You know, he's not the the most upstanding kid. I, I mean, squeezing the water bottle on the player for Tennessee or whatever, I thought it was kind of funny. But, I mean, it, it does go back to discipline. Would you, could you imagine a Bama player doing that with, with Nick Saban on the sideline? I just, it's not going to happen. And uh, I don't know. I, I just – I feel like Florida – you know, Georgia's definitely got the better defense, but I don't think they have the quarterback to take – take uh, advantage of Florida's lack of defense, and Trask can definitely take advantage of Georgia's, uh, even though they're very good on defense. He's got the the talent around him 
to just outscore them. And I, I think Florida's defense will look better based on Stetson Bennett the sixth not being that great of a quarterback. Heard DeWan Mathis is in the transfer portal. That's their uh, four-star, five-star quarterback that they were counting on. Don't know if that's true or not. Just it was scuttlebutt. But, you know, JT Daniels is obviously not ready to take the reins. And I, Georgia limits themselves at the quarterback position with Stetson. And I, I've got Florida winning this one. It's not often we agree, but uh, I'm, I'm leaning your way again. Georgia has faced one quarterback so far this year. They have played Kentucky. They have played Tennessee. They have played Auburn. They have played Arkansas. Those teams do not throw the ball. They do not have offense. They they sit back there and, and, and try to hand the ball off and play defense, and that's what Georgia's faced. They played one quarterback. That was Mac Jones. He he put up – I had that stat earlier, four seventeen and four touchdowns, and they lost by three scores. Here's what's surprising if you're Georgia to me. Now, we know and are in full agreement that their quarterback is definitely not, I guess, up to snuff or – I don't want to call him substandard, but he's – I mean, he's young. You know, he's he's not playing the type of ball you would expect from a top five college football playoff contending team. Mm-hmm. So – how do you how do you how do you become that playoff team with such a quarterback? Well, you say you you, you got to play defense and you run the ball. Well, I started looking. Last five games, Auburn's or not Auburn, but Georgia's yards per rush: two point nine, four point five, three point nine, four point eight, and five point zero. Five point zero was last week. It's their best rush outing yet, and they they only scored fourteen points. They're not running the ball very well with those numbers. That's not what you expect from a ground and pound team. So if they're not running the ball well, and their quarterback is suspect, and they're up against only the second quarterback they faced all year who can actually get the ball downfield and and spread it around and stretch the field, I I lean Florida in this game myself. I I think they uh, I think they actually have. The wrong team favorite. Yeah, well, good, good. We agree on that one. And uh, I've, I've got a, I've got the topic du jour, and but we talked off the air about how we wanted to discuss one more thing. And I think it's good to talk about it right now. Is uh, we're going to discuss our CFP uh, uh, participants, and I think it's obvious there's no need to even. Well, for this exercise, there's no need to name who's one, who's two, who's three. One, two, and three are Bama, Clemson, Ohio State. Any any uh, order you want to put them, there's nobody in the in the nation besides maybe Danny Connell and Dan Wolken that will say, oh no, no, Bama's not top three. They're they're the fourth seed or whatever. I could see one of those assholes doing that. But so Tom, I'm going to ask you, who is your fourth team? I'm I'm going to take for granted you've got Clemson, Bama, Ohio State, one through three in some in some order. Yeah. All right, so I'm going, to, I'm going to ask you the question, is it who I project to be there now or who I feel like if the season ended now should be uh, I'm going to say let's go ahead and say who we think on December 19th or 20th when all the games are played, Who who is your who's the fourth team that gets in? 
That's an interesting. That's that's interesting. I'm gonna go the winner of the USC Oregon game. What? They won't meet till the championship. Wow, game. that came out of nowhere, dude. I was not expecting that. Well, my fourth. Well, I you know, I think if it ended today, I actually might even take Florida, possibly A and M. I think those are your best teams. But uh, Florida has a loss. And if Bama makes the championship game, and unless Florida upsets them, then Florida's out. Mm-hmm. If Florida makes a championship game, that automatically makes Georgia out. If Georgia makes a championship game and Alabama wins again, they're out. The only team in the SEC that has a shot here is Texas A&M. Big Ten's not a two-team uh, league. We've already said that. ACC's not a two-team league. We've already said that. Mm. Big 12 is gone. You've got... You've got to think that somebody, even though they're only playing, what, three games on the year, <laughs> somebody from the Pac-12 is going to slide in there because the process of elimination. Well, to quote the great Lee Corso, not so fast, my friend, on the ACC being a one-bid league, with Notre Dame playing a full ACC schedule this year, and with me, I'm going to stick with Notre Dame beating Clemson, and I say I'm going to say Clemson event, and, and that's the thing. If Notre Dame wins this week, they're in. Outside of losing another game, because they're going to go to the, they're going to represent. You know, the ACC is playing their two best teams. Well, they're going to represent. They're going to be one representative if they win this weekend. Probably going to be a representative win or lose this weekend. But if they win, they're going to be quote unquote the number one seed in the ACC championship game, and Clemson's going to be the number two seed in the ACC championship game. And Clemson is going to absolutely bitch slap them the second time they play. But I'm going to say Notre Dame gets in based on the win uh, versus Clemson. I, I think it's going to hold that much uh, clout and uh, be a, r- a real chip in their purse, so, so to speak. And uh, <laughs> but, but, Notre Dame will. Notre Dame uh, after they have played those under par teams that I mentioned uh, earlier, or over par, I guess if we're going to use a proper golf analogy, the back end of their schedule minus one team actually has teams that have winning records and I don't see them running that table even if they beat Clemson. Well, I kind of – and here, here's the thing. As a Bama fan, you need to be rooting Notre Dame, and here's exactly why. I said it didn't matter who was one, two, or three in this exercise, but in reality it does matter. Uh, the host sites are Pasadena, California, and uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, the Sugar Bowl, Rose Bowl. And it doesn't matter if it's Notre Dame. We were talking off air about this. Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, all three will go to choose New Orleans over uh, over Pasadena. And um, I think Notre Dame would kind of have to get out my uh, abacus and look at the map. But I think Notre Dame, South Bend, is going to be closer <laughs> to New Orleans. So it's it's going to behoove you to be the number one seed, not only to to draw the the fourth. Because listen, it doesn't matter if it's Notre Dame, it doesn't matter if it's Cincinnati or Florida or uh, Texas A and M or the Pac twelve champ. The number four seed is an afterthought this year, and you can't always say that. You know, the number four seed upset Bama in year one. Bama was the number four seed when we beat Clemson, uh, what three years ago now, I guess. But this year's number four seed is just – it's going to be a joke. There's three elite teams, so it does matter who's number one. And that's why we need Notre Dame to beat Clemson. That will firmly entrench Bama at number one. And if we went out 
in the SEC. We have an 11-0 and record in all SEC teams. There's no way they're keeping us out. Like, like Happy Gilmore said, or uh, Adam Sandler said, and uh, yeah, it was Happy Gilmore. Ain't no way they passing me up this year. <laughs> Would you rather be the number one seed Bama playing in New Orleans versus the four seed in Clemson, or would you rather be the number two seed Alabama playing the three seed Notre Dame? Oh, in Pasadena? definitely Pasadena. But it doesn't matter if Clemson <laughs> if if Clemson avenges their loss, they're not going to put them at four. Yeah. You know, they're gonna they're that's, they're that's, you know you've got to protect your number one seed, even though you would love to see. Uh, Bama, Clemson, or Bama. You, know, you, you the they would love to see Bama, Clemson, and then Bama, Ohio State, because they want Bama to have to not. They they want Nick Saban. It's not. It's not. They hate Bama. It's just Nick Saban's the best in the business, and they want to see him win both those games, or at least attempt to win both those games. But you can't do that. You've got to protect your number one seed, and the number one seed deserves to play Notre Dame or Cincinnati or whomever. So uh, that's all I got to say about that. Topic du jour today is something where it kind of added in. This used to be a meaningless topic, but this is not meaningless because this has a very strong meaning. And uh, so how long do the following coaches keep their jobs? And I listed three. I've got Malzahn, I've got Ogeron, I've got Harbaugh. And uh, Ogeron, Harbaugh, I've got very, very quick, short answers on that of where I think they will eventually leave their schools. But Malzahn... You know, he they Auburn fans love to hate him, but they can't fire him because of the buyout. And plus, he just he wins just enough. I mean, you know, he so he comes in in 2013 and he beats Bama, beats Georgia, beats Bama. Uh, his only loss to LSU. He plays Florida State for the national title. Don't know how they didn't win that game. Thank goodness they didn't. But think you know, praise you, Jimbo Fisher. But then 14, 15, 16, you know, Bama beats them, Georgia beats them. They're ready to fire him in 17 or let him walk to Arkansas. And all he's got to do is uh, not beat both Georgia and Bama, and, and he will miss the SEC championship game. Arkansas can broker a deal for him behind closed doors, and they can part you know part ways and, uh, and wave a portion of the buyout, and everybody's happy. But what does he do? He beats Georgia, beats Bama. And, uh, and then they give him the huge, the huge raise. And then they're wanting to fire him last year. And what happens? You know, Georgia smacks him around. Tua gets hurt. Matt goes down there, doesn't play the best. We lose by three on a technicality. But, and they're after him this year. But, and here's my – I know I, I was very wordy, but here's my point. I looked on Winsopedia. Do you ever get on Winsopedia.com? Dude, it, it, are you for real? I'm dead serious. It is one of the best websites. You need to look it up. Winsopedia.com. Like Wikipedia, it's Winsopedia.com. It has every fact you want to know about any team. You can compare teams. It's, it's a fantastic website. And uh, I looked at their, at Auburn's winning percentage throughout their entire existence. Their winning percentage over 100 years of football is .631. They win 63% of their games. Malzahn, you know what his winning percentage is? Six, 663. six six three 0.663. He wins 66% of his games. So he's actually doing better than Auburn's used to. Uh, Auburn is a consistent eight and four program. Yes, I know if we've got any Auburn fans listening, yes, I understand you went undefeated in 04 and undefeated in 2010 and had a great year in 2013. And But you look over the course, you're an eight and four ball club. You're going to lose four games more times and you're going to lose zero or one games. And Gus has beaten has been more successful against Bama than any coach coaching right now. He's got three wins and four losses, I think it is. So, and of course, you know, we hope to bake that um, 
three and five this year, but there's no guarantee. I just can't figure out why. And I'm going to tell you why Auburn fans, and I've already mentioned it, they have their their judgment has been clouded of what they think they are. You know how you uh, the, there's a poster, and it's a it's a kitten looking in a mirror, and the reflection back is that of a lion, and it's like it's important how you see yourself or whatever. Well, that's what Auburn looks in the mirror. They're a kitten, but they see a lion, and that has clouded 2010 and 2013, and even 2017 to an extent has clouded their self perception. They're, they're, they are – Gus Malzahn is what he is. He, he, uh, he's the epitome of Auburn. Like, I don't know why you want to fire him. He's, he's had success against Kirby and Nick Saban. So, uh, but all that said, if he, um, you know, if he loses to Bama this year, he's got to he's got to beat – I think he's got to beat both Bama and Georgia next year because the powers that be are just fed up with him. So, I'm going to say Gus holds on this year due to COVID and in the end of 2021 – he is told to uh, seek greener pastures. Hmm, that's interesting. But you, but you're right. I think I'd mentioned this last year. I can't remember my podcasts are running together, but I had mentioned that uh, Auburn was actually in the prime of their life with yeah, Malzahn yeah. behind the wheel, and you just you just absolutely uh, brought the point home again. He's got a higher winning percentage than their average, so yeah, they've they've won more with him. I do like it though when a team feels like they've done their share and won more against Bama than anybody else. They still have a losing record. <laughs> True. <laughs> you know, and so, <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I would agree. I, I think Malzahn is safe this year. I think Ogeron is safe this year. Harbo, I'm not so sure about. He's, to me, he's the most likely candidate to get fired this year or part amicably as they would say in public but next year if all three of these guys make it through this year if 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 next year two of the three are gone yeah i've got gus gone. i think over the next two yeah. years two of the three are definitely gone. i've got gus gone at the end of 2021 i've got harbo gone after 2021 if he he's got to beat ohio state this year or next year i think they'll they'll take that and they'll keep him uh, I'm gonna say Orgeron. The, the national title is gonna get you that one, at least one extra year. I think they're gonna throw this year away due to COVID and the opt-outs. Uh, you know, he he gets Auburn at home next year. He should exact revenge on them, I would think. And um, so I'm gonna say he gets to 2022. And and I, I say he'll be a mid-season firing. You know, he's gonna lose to Auburn again in unceremonious fashion and um that'll be the chip in the purse that the lsu brass needs to fire him so i'm gonna say 2022 on him it is funny that i'm predicting next year and you're predicting the year after for for the defending <laughs> national championship coach. I know. but you know we made that point last too that before burrow and that team come together last year he was on the hot seat before last year went so anyway move along to bets buddy it's the best time yeah, I agree about uh, Ogeron being on the hot seat. Uh, you know, it, it'd be interesting to see if he if if he had lost to Bama last year, and you know didn't get to Atlanta, didn't get to the the playoffs or whatnot. What would be the uh, consensus? Because I, I really think you know the Corn Dog fans they're just so happy of that. You know, you, you can't take 2019 from them, and you can't, and that's fine. And it's it's good. To, it's fun to win it all. And it's good to be happy, but at what point do you, you know, you, you need to, 
maintain some consistency, and they're not. This year is not maintaining consistency. So uh, let's go on to bets uh, recap, bets of the week, and then we'll close it out. Bets recap. I went one and one. I had North Carolina. A wrong team was favored. Wrong team was favored. North Carolina lost <laughs> outright to Virginia. Uh, but I did have Florida, and after uh, Dan Mullen uh, got all the WWE out of his system, he uh, they they handled Missouri pretty easily. So I went one and one. Ooh, somebody learned how to bet. I went a smooth two and zero, <laughs> brother. <laughs> oh, really? I did not know that. Oh, Miss was an easy winner over Vanderbilt. Big, big, big cover. And then I had the go-to Arkansas Razorbacks, who opened at 12, uh, 12, 11 and a half, 12, ballooned to 14, and uh, they they got the late cover, lost by 11. So, yeah, that's a smooth 2-0. I did brother. not realize that. Yes, sir. 3-1 as a collection. Uh, how about Mississippi State being 16-point favorites over Vanderbilt this weekend? Dude, how bad is Vandy? I, well, that's the reason I played Ole Miss last week. I think I made that point since their first game of the year. They have been hammered by absolutely everyone. <laughs> All right, bets for this week, Tom. You got game one, and I'll, then I'll follow in behind you. I'll take Vanderbilt plus 18 and a half. <laughs> and I'm serious. The, we, we had just talked about that. Uh, they are bad, but – but surely they can't uh, not cover five or six in a row because that's where they're at. And Mississippi State is not good either. I think Mississippi State, no. Vanderbilt, LSU, all cellar dwellers in the SEC, give me 18 and a half when we're talking about uh, two bottom squads. Yeah, not a terrible bet. I've I've been thinking, can Mississippi State score? They've not scored more than uh, – well, they scored zero against us, two one weekend. I don't know that they can get to 18 or whatever. <laughs> uh, my first game, I'm taking Liberty plus 14.5. The fighting Hugh Freezes have been very good this year. And uh, over Virginia Tech, I'm and I, I'm not going to call for the outright win, but I do think 14.5 is plenty for that. Liberty plus 14.5. Nice. I'm going to go back to the well again. I've won with these guys every week except for one, I think, which is the Arkansas Razorbacks again. Uh, wrong team favorite here. Give me give me the plus two there. I think Arkansas will have everything they need to, and I call for them to get the outright W this weekend. That's a good pick. I actually had that for my game too, but I wrote down another one just in case you chose it, and you did. I, I'm, I agree that uh, wrong team favored. I, that game is at Arkansas. I don't know what they're seeing where Tennessee is favored over them the way Arkansas has been playing. But uh, give me Oregon. Welcome to the season, Pac-12 teams. Uh, I'm going to take Oregon minus 10.5 over Stanford. have no clue what either team has, but I had to pick a, sec- a game just in case you picked my Arkansas squad, and you did. So I'll take Oregon minus 10.5. All 
All right, so that closes up this uh, episode of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. Remember, if you're traveling from Potts Camp, Mississippi, and why Potts Camp? Remember, that was where the snail was, uh, hypothetically, as he was traveling around the earth during our winning streak over Tennessee. So if you're traveling from Potts Camp, Mississippi, to Auburn this weekend, go east till you smell it and south till you step in it. Take it easy, guys.